Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of our God to which I direct your attention today is from Luke's Gospel, the first chapter, verses 76 to 79, that reads as follows. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, because you will go before the Lord to prepare his way to give his people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. Because of God's tender mercies by which the rising sun from on high will visit us to shine on those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. This is the word of our God. Dear friends, as we gather, we pray, O Lord God, sanctify us through your word. Your word is truth. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Dear friends of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, are you ready for the quiz? Husbands, I want you to look at your wife, take a deep breath, and tell her the month, day, and year you were married. Do it, please. Now, wives, I want you to show me that they got it right by nodding yes or shaking your head no because they missed the date. Now, I believe that if I ask the men of this congregation to supply for me how long they'd been married, they would shoot me some number. 10, 15, 20, 40, 50. And there would be a few out there that would suit numbers that are well beyond 50. Most of them would supply that number. And if they couldn't supply that number, if I gave them a moment, they would all pause and calculate. They would go back to that very day, to that very month, to that very year, and they would come up with the correct answer, if that is, they started out with the right date. But, some of you would prefer that I would ask a different question. You would prefer that I ask the question, how long have you been together? Because then you could say, well, we dated for four years, we were engaged for two, we've been married 19, so that makes 25 years. Well, today, we are gathered to worship on this lovely fall day and answer the question, how old is Peace Lutheran Church? Now, that depends upon whom you ask and what the starting date is. Should we measure the age of Peace Lutheran Church from the time the members of the congregation signed the charter and organized themselves under the Constitution? That would be an appropriate time to celebrate an anniversary. Should we celebrate, as we are doing today, the first worship service that was held in North Mankato even though at that particular time the designation was an exploratory mission of the ELS. Or, 
should we celebrate the day that the mission board extended a call to a pastor who accepted that call and undertook the task of moving to Mankato and fulfilling the mission board's vision of establishing a sister congregation of Mount Olive. Certainly that's how this pastor views the beginning of this church. For when the mission board extended the call, they had a vision of what was happening here today. A thriving congregation gathered around the Word of God, celebrating the goodness, the kindness, the mercy, the forgiveness, the undeserved love of the Lord God of heaven and earth. So no matter what date you choose to mark the beginning of Peace Lutheran Church, no matter who was the pastor, no matter how many members there were, or when it became a bona fide mission of the ELS, or when it became an independent, self-supporting congregations, it's right and fitting that we celebrate 25 years. 25 years of God's goodness. 25 years of God's grace. 25 years of God's forgiveness that was showered upon the people of Peace Lutheran Church. So let's do just that. And as we do, let's focus on this thought. Celebrating 25 years of God's goodness to Peace Lutheran Church means remembering. Remembering who we were. Remembering whose we are. And remembering what we are to be about. Our text begins telling us who we were. It starts with a conjunction, a pronoun, and a noun. And you, child, with these three words, Zechariah, who holds his circumcised son in his arms, looks down on the child and remembers, this boy is a boy of promise. We know that story well. The angel came to Zechariah as he was in the temple offering incense before the Lord, while the people stood outside the temple and prayed to the Lord. The angel told Zechariah that he was going to father a child, and that child would be great, a prophet like Elijah, and he will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. As the family gathers on this eighth day after the child's birth, one wonders with what emotions did Zechariah look back on the announcement of the angel. Was he filled with guilt because he didn't believe? Was he filled with repentance because he didn't believe? Or was he filled with joy? Because even though he did not believe, God in his grace brought about that which he promised. Yes, Zechariah could very well remember. Remembering as he took his child up in his arms, raised him above his head, and dedicated him to the Lord. Well, we're gathered here, not looking back 
nine and a half plus months, but 25 years. Some of us remember those, mo- those days with emotion when we set the chairs for the first time at Hoover Elementary School. Rolled out the piano, which was a little bit out of tune. Set up the table as an altar and decorated it with love. We were a little band. There was a couple of Bethany professors and their spouses. There was a seminary professor and their family. There were some synod officials. A seminary president emeritus. Some Bethany students. Some members of my family. And a couple of dedicated lay families. It was a small group. But we had one thing in common. We were all sinners. We were all sinners seeking the Lord's forgiveness, seeking His guidance, seeking His blessing as we began that service in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We did not know at that point how the Lord was going to bless that congregation. He had already blessed it. They had an enthusiastic pastor. They had an absolutely amazing pianist. They had a budding music student that turned out to be quite an accomplished organist. We had Bethany students. Some were even willing to take a part and play the piano for us when our exceptional pianist couldn't. We had a willing choir director, and we had willing choir members. So we met each week with joy and thanksgiving to praise the Lord our God and to hear the announcement of our forgiveness and the assurance of our eternal salvation. Let's go back to the text. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will go before the Lord to prepare His way, to give His people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. Zechariah stumbled before the Lord because while he heard the truth, he focused on the wrong thing. In the temple, months earlier, Zechariah heard that angel say, and your wife Elizabeth is going to have a child, and you should call him John. At that point, Zechariah was focused on he and his wife. They were old. Elizabeth was beyond childbearing age, and at this point, she wasn't able to conceive. So these words of the angel to Zechariah presented an impossibility. What Zechariah did not hear, because of his self-focus, was the truth that he reveals on this very day when this child is circumcised. That truth is, whose child is this? John was the Lord's child. Long before his conception, the Lord God claimed John as his own. Long before he was born, the Lord God indicated the work he would do. 
That brings me to the second point that I'd like to make about celebrating 25 years of God's goodness at Peace Lutheran Church means remembering. Remembering whose we are. You know, when you start a mission and you are the lone missionary and things are not going very well for you as well as you think they should go, and certainly not as well as the mission board thinks they ought to go, it's easy to become discouraged like Zechariah. That's why it's absolutely necessary for a missionary to remember whose servant he is. Yes, the mission board extended the call. Guided by the Holy Spirit, they called this pastor to come and found a new church in a new place that they chose. And God, the Holy Spirit, guided the pastor to accept the call and undertake that blessed task. So in reality, the missionary is God's. In reality, the people he are serving are God's. In reality, he serves at God's pleasure. But it's not only the missionary who must remember whose they are. So must the people. Each soul that became attached to that little congregation belonged to the Lord God Himself. The Lord God cherished each and every one of those souls. And He tasked His missionary to do the very same thing. Love them like I do. Just as each soul became part of that fledgling mission was God's, so every soul that is gathered here today is God's. We forget that. We forget that times that we are God's people, serving God's purpose, doing God's will. There are times that we are just like Zechariah, fighting against what God wants and what God expects. Oh yes, we are desperate sinners. We all have done countless things that fill us with guilt and shame. We have, in headstrong ways, stepped across the line. We have all missed the mark of God's perfection. In fact, you all came here today, probably not all acknowledging it, but you all came here today carrying your own burden, your own sin, your own guilt, just as I have come carrying mine. But you heard the words that your pastor delivered to you. You focused your attention on the redeeming work of your Savior as He announced to you the forgiveness of your sins. And you understood that you had that forgiveness because Jesus lived for you. You understood you had that forgiveness because Jesus Himself took upon Himself your sins, my sins, and the sins of the world. You understood you had that forgiveness because Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for your sins, so that you could stand before the Father righteous and holy. And you understood that Jesus rose victorious from the grave, that you can be fully assured that you are counted as God's special child, 
and an heir of his eternal kingdom. Because of Jesus and the Holy Spirit created faith, you and I lay hold of God's declaration of innocence and know of our forgiveness and know our guilt is covered and know our shame is removed and we rejoice in the truth that the Lord God of heaven has claimed us as his and we are his people serving his purpose until he in his grace and mercy calls us into his presence we are gods the work we do is gods all five pastors who are here today who serve this congregation or are serving this congregation will attest to the truth they understand they were called by God and placed here by God they are serving God's people they are called calling other people from this wicked world to likewise be servants of the Most High God, to be loved by God, to be sanctified by God, to be redeemed by God. Ministry is a glorious work. You have a God who sincerely and deeply loves you. You serve a people whom God sincerely and deeply loves a people he has redeemed with the blood of his son and made his own so you joyfully sow the seeds preach the word teach the lambs and it's God alone who adds the souls God is responsible for every blessing God alone provides the increase and it is the Lord who is growing his church today one soul at a time like he grew that little mission into what we have here today so remembering remembering it's all God's the people the work the blessing the missionary we gather together this day as those who have been claimed by God and bring him our hearts and our lives filled with thanksgiving with worship and praise for all he has done for these past 25 years to gather to build and to nurture his church here at peace that brings me to my final point I wish to share with you this morning let's go back to the text because of God's tender mercies by which the rising from on high will visit us, the rising sun from on high will visit us, to shine on those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Careful reading of these verses reveals some important truths. When Zechariah lifted up his child before the Lord and reiterates what the angel told him Zechariah had some additional news Elizabeth's cousin is present at the circumcision soon she will show that she too is bearing a son only her son will be the incarnate son of God so Zechariah in his praise of the Lord 
quickly switches in his hymn of praise from his own child to the child of Mary and makes this wonderful observation. This son of Mary, this rising sun, this dawning will shine on the people trapped in their sin and unbelief with his glorious presence. He will be for those who are trapped in the darkness of their sin a true light. He will shine on those who sit in the shadow of death. And you and I know that death reaches out with its black tentacles and claims the lives of all people. But Zechariah, quoting the prophet Isaiah, speaks to those without faith and without hope. The dawning, the rising sun, the Lord Jesus Christ, He is coming with His righteousness, with His love, with His forgiveness. And He will shine upon those and call them to faith, and the shadow of death will flee away. Indeed, the light of the world has come, has come to you, and has come to me. The light of the world is leading the people to faith and to salvation, that they might escape the damnation that waits for the unbelieving. Zechariah goes on to say that the rising sun will guide their feet into the way of peace. That's a glorious thing. The peace of which Zechariah speaks is this. The condition of real harmony and friendship between God and us. Let me repeat that. Peace is the condition of real harmony and friendship between God and us. This congregation bears that name because those who were attending the exploratory mission in North Mankato understood peace was, in truth, a great blessing from God. As its first pastor, I wanted every member to leave every service knowing there was between God of heaven and earth and them a wondrous harmony and a loving fellowship. Each Sunday, the pastors at Peace Lutheran Church raise their hands and place on the heads and on the lives of all those who are gathered here His wondrous blessing, God's peace, it's the last thing they say in the liturgy. So today, as this service ends, and before you leave this building, again, you're called pastor. Knowing who you were, sinners condemned by God. Knowing whose you are, saints redeemed by God, will be about placing upon you God's peace. And leaving this place filled with the announcement and the firm conviction that your sins are forgiven and you are carrying God's peace with you, you should carry that peace in your hearts and into your homes and into your neighborhoods and into your communities and with your prayers into the world. 
as God in His grace has lifted you up this day by declaring to you that your sins are forgiven and that because of the redeeming work of the Lord Jesus Christ, heaven is truly yours, may you in love, as God's children, lift up your parents. As God's parents, lift up your children. As God's children, lift up your neighbors. Lift up your friends. Lift them up to the Lord that they too might recognize the great blessing you have in the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. At this time we'll gather the offering and sign the, the friendship registers.